hi. Christmas, Christmas time is here. No. It's not actually. Uh, we not yet. It's well, tomorrow. No. No, not for realsies, not, but for y'all. Oh. Well, no, it's two days. I think this will come out on the 22nd. Oh, I thought it came out No. This is our Christmas Eve special episode. You're right. You're right. You're right. It comes yeah. out on the 22nd. You're absolutely <laughs> right. So it's almost Christmas. Hooray. But I love Christmas. I go so hard. Technically right now it's the 28th and I have not shopped for anybody. We didn't say who we are. Oh, this is our podcast. Hi, I'm Kat. <laughs> Don't sound too excited. <laughs> Hi, I'm Lynn. Great. Great. We're welcome. so happy to have you here. I mean, well, we actually are, but. Welcome to Crying in the Walk-In. Now that we've done that, I have not <laughs> shopped <laughs> for anybody yet. I mean. Which is fine. It's still I like. I was going to say it's November. You're fine. It's a month We're away. recording ahead of time. I know. I know. I know. But I'm panicking a you little bit. shop for anybody? Nope. Cool. Not one person. It's fine. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Don't get in your head about that. <laughs> uh, no, don't. No. Also, I'm pretty much done. Next year, uh, I've told, like, I think parts of my family this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what we're going to do, though, is for not my nieces and nephews, you know, the children and stuff, but for the adults, I think what we're going to do is rather than spend money and buy gifts for friends and family, we're going to donate. Oh, that's a great idea. And buy gifts for people who need them. That is a great idea. That is such a good idea. This was Ryan's idea. That is a wonderful idea. Yeah. So we're just kind of like preemptively preparing that everybody. That is such a great idea. Yeah. <clears throat> and we would prefer if if our friends and family did the same. Yeah. Instead of getting you a gift, just donate to. That's a great idea. Yeah. I think I might do the same. Yeah. I think I might. That's a great idea. We don't. I mean. Plus, There's... you're an adult with adult money. Like, if you want something bad enough, you can just get it yourself. That's, That's the what hardest I'm part about shopping for people. Yeah. He said, um, he was on Reddit and he was reading about a family and they had a bunch of kids. I think like five or six kids. And they were kind of hurting for money. And they really, you know, as an adult, you understand if you don't get gifts. Mm-hmm. As a child. As a kid, you don't get it. You, it's something that I mean, you, look, you do, but, you do, but yeah. you look forward to it every year. Mm-hmm. And to to be able to give somebody like a happy, like it, it would make us happy mm-hmm. if we could just. Yeah, that's help a wonderful somebody. idea. Yeah. So I think I might do the same. Yeah. Talk to Dwayne about doing the same thing. Yeah. 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 And we'll talk to, you know, I'm going to talk to Lulu and mm-hmm. I'll talk to the rest of my family. Mm-hmm. We had the idea, but it was a little too late this year. Like right. some family had already done shopping for right. us. Right. So, so you can just let them know next year. Like mm-hmm. super appreciate this. I'm not saying I don't appreciate this. No. But just next year. Next year. If you think do about this. it, you know, donate to families that are in need because mm-hmm. not everybody has the privilege of having a Merry Christmas. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. But I hope everybody does have a Merry Christmas. It's <laughs> like, on that note, I already have all my gifts done. <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's fine. You'll Every... get your Christmas shopping done. I will. You will. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Makes me feel better. Yeah, you'll be fine. Everything will be fine. Yeah. It really will. I mean, think of it this way. A lot of times with, like, family and stuff, you don't see them till after Christmas anyways. You're you right. have a little bit more leeway. You're right. You're right. I am going to try and take a little Christmas vacation, though. Oh, nice. Yeah. Take five, six days off. Something like that. Hell yeah. Yeah. I'll be back for the new year to make some money, so. Nice. I'm going to be taking, um, at the beginning of the month off because my computer is coming. Ah! Yay! I'm so excited. I'm excited. Oh my god, I'm so excited. The beginning of January? Mm, December. Is it going to be here that fast? 
Mm, they said that it will be shipping out within the next couple days. And <gasps> shipping is only three to six days. Shut the fuck up. You did not tell me that. I know. Ah! <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. So we're going to game. I'm so excited. Oh, I'm happy for you. Mm. I'm excited. Um, sorry. I was saying. We were talking about gaming and. Oh, to see like where I've come from. Like, you know, when I first moved out versus however many years later. To right. Now, to being able to. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a good chunk of money, but. Saved up for it, worked hard. Yeah. I'm able to do it. Mm-hmm. Have the apartment to put it in, an extra room to put it in, and a whole area where we can podcast. Yeah. And I can have as a gaming area and a craft area. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just a, it's just nice. Yeah. It's a good feeling. Hell yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited. Although my heart does drop whenever I'm like, ooh, that was expensive. Ah. But worth it. It is. And I look at how much my laptop was 10 years ago. And it wasn't, I mean, yes, it was less, but it was 1200 Okay. After right. taxes and everything. So right. I'm like, really and truly, it's not like I'm spending all in all, like, big picture that much more, especially for something that will last me a lot longer. Right. Or I can just replace, like, one or two pieces of it. Right. As opposed to replacing the whole thing. Right. Yeah. So I'm super excited. That's my Christmas gift to myself. <laughs> Merry Christmas. That's why I told you, you get that one gift that I'm giving to you today. Yeah. <laughs> And that's what you get. Okay. Because <laughs> I spoiled myself. No, it's good. Sorry. It's good. Don't be sorry. <laughs> Do not be sorry. I'm so excited. Honestly, your computer is a gift for me too. Yeah, because then we get to play together. Yeah. And we can podcast over there too. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Super excited. Yeah. I really am. Cool. I'm very excited. And it's pretty. Yes. It's white. Yeah. Don't get it dirty. I was just trying to stress you out. I succeeded by the look on your face. <laughs> I was like, I want it to be pristine and perfect. And it will be. Yeah, it will be. Until it's like 12 years old and then I'm like, let's slap a sticker on it. Fuck yeah. No, we're going to slap stickers on it. Immediately. Immediately. Right now. Because no. my laptop is covered in stickers. No. It's not. There's not one on it. I should put stickers on it. I love the stickers that you got me. You get the best stickers. Buy me more stickers for my birthday. Okay. <laughs> That's like incredibly easy. I can just give you like 50 of mine. That's all I want is stickers. <laughs> oh, what are we talking about today? We're talking about Christmas Eve stories. Yeah. Yep. Nightmare and Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Kind of sucks that Christmas Eve is, I mean, in my memory, at least like one of the worst nights I had. Yep. Interesting how that works. Yep. I'm pretty fortunate in that I have never had to actually work Christmas Day. I might have to this year, but I, I went out of my way to make sure I'm not going to. Yeah. So same. hopefully that is the case. I will be very upset because I have, what, crossed my T's and dotted my I's to mm-hmm. make sure that that is not the case. But I've never, fortunately, I've never worked in a place that's open 365. Just what, 363? <laughs> Four? Yep. <laughs> Depending on the year. Yeah, yep. exactly. Yep. So same I haven't worked at Christmas Day in a really long time, but I generally get stuck working Christmas Eve. And Same. this past... Always. Was it last? No. Two years ago was one of my worst Christmas Eves. Two years ago? Yeah. 2020? 2020. Mid-COVID? Uh-huh. So... Tell me. March 2020, I was working, we'll call it uh, Academy. Okay. I was working at Academy. The seafood place. The seafood restaurant. I was a manager. Mm-hmm. When COVID hit. Right. And 
being the junior manager of the bunch, I got furloughed. Right. Which I knew was going to happen. It was what it was. It wasn't anybody's fault. Nobody knew what was going on. It just was what it was. Shortly after that, I decided not to collect unemployment. I decided to get a job working at a call center. Just about lost my mind. Yeah. Going from being needed 50 million times a day to taking orders over the phone was just really hard. Yeah. Really, really hard. So so the call center part, though, was taking orders for food for restaurants locally. No. Like a third party? It wasn't even locally. Okay. So. Oh, so, oh that's right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I worked for a company taking orders over the phone. And it just so happened that the orders that I was taking was for the seafood company that I had been working for. Right. So you would have different concepts is what they call it. Different restaurants that you would take orders for. Okay. At the beginning, they give you just one concept. Okay. Being, one restaurant. Being that I knew this one because I worked there. Right. They gave that one to me. Which makes sense because you know the, the menu already. Right. Right. So that's what I was doing. I was taking orders for the seafood company that I had just got furloughed from. Okay. But you were a third party company. Correct. I okay. did not work for the seafood company like, directly anymore. Right. Somebody else was signing my paychecks. Right. 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 So this was literally the worst job that I could have found myself doing. Yeah. About three, four months after doing this, working eight hours a day, five days a week, I had a mental breakdown. Mm-hmm. So much so that my husband had to come home in the middle of the day and I quit midday. Mm. I just, I got a letter in the mail and that's what really kind of tipped me over. It was from our seafood company. They said they didn't know when, if ever, they were going to be bringing the managers back that had been furloughed. And I lost it. Yeah. I'm taking orders and I'm crying at the same time, like trying to hold it together. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. So when I finally just was... Oh, that brings back nightmares of when I was like younger trying to take orders at a table. Uh I wasn't just losing it. Literally crying in the walk-in. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Here I am. I didn't have a walk-in. No. You just cried while you were taking the orders. Yeah. Oh. It was... It was... It was... Rough. It sucks. To say the least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So my husband came home. I quit midday, which is not something I normally do. I will not quit in the middle of a job, but right, right. I had to put my resignation in immediately. I was yeah. like, I, I cannot. I, I can't do this. Like, Mental I, health is way more important. Yeah. I can't do this. Ryan, my husband was like, I've never seen you like that. He just didn't know what to do with me. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I kind of wouldn't really know what to do. Either, no. <laughs> I don't think I've seen you like that either. No, I'm no. generally a person who holds it together pretty well. I You're was, very reasonable. Yeah. Very composed. Very logical. I was at the end of my rope. I just, I couldn't do it anymore. Right. And so shortly after I quit my job there, I called my old boss and I told her, it was Lulu, and I said, I'll take anything. If I have to step down, I'll step down, but know that if I have to step down, I will have to look for another management position somewhere else. Yeah. Reasonable. You know, like, I understand if you can't bring me back as a manager, but you have to understand that I have to do what's best for me, too, mm-hmm. at the same time. But also, I would really like to come back and help you guys. Yeah. And so she was like, cool, I'll talk to the to the director, her boss, and mm-hmm. find out, like, what they can do for me. Right. And so he calls me a couple days later, and he tells me, we have a position for you. It's at the other restaurant here in town. We'll call it Powers. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, we'll bring you back as a manager. Okay. But you have to be at this other location. And I was like, done. Done, 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 done. He said, we would love to have you back. We'll bring you back in a couple of weeks. Okay. And I said, that's perfect. Yeah. You know, my mom was staying with me at the time. She was trying to quarantine. So the two weeks was perfect. Mm -hmm. So right when I go back to work at this new restaurant, I think it was end of June or beginning of June. 
Okay. So this is still 2020. So March I was furloughed. I go back to work at the seafood company around June. Okay. My new boss was not working with us yet. She was furloughed as well. She was a GM, but she was furloughed. Mm -hmm. And so when she came back, it was just before Christmas. Okay. When I came back to work for the company, we had reopened. I had a few servers. We were open like every other table or 25% capacity. Something like that. Whatever it was. Yeah. Um, Like definitely, definitely less people Like skeleton crew. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Shortly after that, right before Christmas, we got shut down again. Mm -hmm. We went back to takeout only. Mm -hmm. So that was like a severe skeleton crew. Right. We would have like maybe one line strong people and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. We would have managers and maybe like two other people come in. Yeah. And so Christmas Eve was coming. Uh And I had known from the previous year when I worked right before COVID hit in 2019, Christmas Eve is busy. Always. Always busy. Always busy. But for whatever reason... The manager's like, no, Christmas Eve is easy. It's a fine day. Everything will be fine. We don't need a whole bunch of people working. And I was like, I need you to listen to me. Telling my GM, I need you to listen to me. It's going to be a busy day. I'm going to need a lot more help than you're scheduling me right now. Mm-hmm. God, this is so similar <laughs> to my story. <laughs> Uh, I'm getting anxiety just talking about it again. I can feel it. I'm getting antsy. I pulled up my glasses. I'm playing with my hair. I can feel it. She would not schedule me more help. She gave me like one or two more people. So Christmas Eve comes. That's not enough. You need like two more in the kitchen and two more on the floor. Yeah. Honestly, you need more in the kitchen. Yeah. That's really where you need the help. If you're going to put help, you need it in the kitchen. Yeah. And so, you know, I talked a little bit before about forecasting and how it worked and the projection for the guests that we were going to do for the day. Right. That day, I upped it without mm-hmm. anybody's permission. You just did it. Yeah. I just did it. I went based off of just my general restaurant knowledge of what we had been doing. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah, and I upped sense. it. Yeah. I did. I didn't get the help that I needed that day. So I asked my loving husband to come in and prep for me that day. This was that day? This was that day. This was that day? Yes. Oh, so man. So this wonderful man gets up with me. Oh, I love at Ryan. At 6 o'clock in the morning. What a wonderful person. He comes in with me an hour before any of my other staff gets there. So we're oh. there around 7 a.m. in the morning. What a sweetheart. And he counted shrimp for me. He, he skewered scallops for me. He did so much for me that day. Yeah. When he had never had, I mean, maybe he had restaurant experience, but I don't he think. He did, but not, I don't think back a house. No. Because he's been a server before, back when oh, he was yeah. younger. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think he ever worked no. in, the, in the kitchen. So he was, he I was. I mean, he knows how to cook. So but... entirely helpful that day. I yeah. just, he knew the stress that I was undergoing and I had to just ask him like, so listen, I wouldn't ask you this unless I really, really needed to, you to. Yeah. Yeah. And so he was like, of course. It comes back to the previous episode that we were talking about, about how you ran out of the pasta. Yeah. And you were like, this is a situation where I have more control and knowledge. Oh, yeah. And I know what I need to do to make that situation not happen again. Right. And I need your help. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. So I took all my restaurant knowledge. I mean, at this point, I had been managing for five years already. This was not my first Christmas Eve. Right. This was not my first, like, understaffed moment. Right. So I knew what needed to be done. You were like, I know what's going to happen if I don't do anything about this. Right. Right. So I went in early. He helped me so much. We were, you know, decently steady throughout the day. Mm-hmm. The nice thing about that day was we now had limits on how much you could order. And I'm sure... Like, 
like one person can only place an order for five people per se no, or five entrees? We could only, we had a set limit. So every half hour we would take no more than 15 to go orders. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like the restaurant itself. Okay. Had, I see. I had, see. Yeah. It I was, thought you meant each person couldn't place more than five entrees. I no, was like, they could place <laughs> as much as they wanted. But, but the restaurant would have a cutoff. Right. So right. after 15. Just like, just like going on a wait. Right. Essentially. Okay. So after 15 okay. orders, you had to place it for later in the day or I mean, that accordingly. makes sense. Right. Yes. Because there's no way for us to physically make 50 orders in one half hour. Mm-hmm. You just can't do it. 8th Street had that problem. Yeah. It would crash our, crash our kitchen really, really, really badly. Oh, because hard. they would not put a limit on the to-go's. Awful. <clears throat> so yeah. I had two people that night working in my kitchen. Mm-hmm. Running the entire line. This mm-hmm. includes dish. Mm-hmm. This includes baking bread. Mm-hmm. Working fry, broil, grill, saute. All of it. It's a lot. Two people trying to do all of this. Yeah. Granted, dish didn't have a lot going on because a lot of this was just going out for takeout. Yes, but that still is a lot. Right. <laughs> and then I had, I think, a total of four or five girls up front. Okay. Working takeout. Putting the takeouts together. Yes. And dealing with the guests up front. Right. So me, I mean, the kitchen can't keep up at this point. No, of there's no not. way that you can grill, broil, saute, fry, it's just and bake people. bread. That's too much. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm literally in the back. Yes. All night on the line. Yes. I'm frying and baking bread at the same time. Yes. Until I can't keep up anymore. Yeah. I'm trying to drop things for fry, like in bulk. And there's just no there's no room to fry it. There's it's not even just that. I'm throwing handfuls of shrimp into baskets handfuls of french fries into baskets and they're going through it like nobody's business and i'm like i i'm throwing these handfuls in because here you're already behind trying to like catch up so i can continue to bake the bread but you oh, but i but can't, you can't keep even up. catch up so we have takeouts that oh. are ready to go out but we don't have the bread to go with these takeouts and so it became, you needed you needed a minimum one other person so that was super strong yes just to bake right that's and so like. at this point, like, I am not above asking for help. No, of by no not. means. Yeah. If, if I'm a person, if I'm a person, <laughs> I am. Wait, a... <laughs> are you an alien? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. You will not remember this. <laughs> I am not above asking for help. I am a person. I know my limits. Mm-hmm. My GM was out with COVID this year. Mm-hmm. The other manager that we had working with us. Was not answering his phone. My general manager, she is doing everything from home to help me. She's, yeah, but she, I need a baker. <laughs> she's calling literally everybody. But it's Christmas Eve. Yeah, no one's. And it's no like ones. five or six o'clock in the evening no already. Ones, yeah. Nobody's answering and nope. nobody's able to come in. Nope. So I Even call, if they were off and willing to come in, I imagine by that time they've had plenty of glasses of wine. They've been with their family. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, they're not. Nope. Reliable by any means. Oh, that's a bummer. And so I call our sister restaurant in town, my home mm-hmm. restaurant, mm-hmm. and they do send me somebody over. And and I thank them for it, but at that point it was too late. Yeah, it's too late. It yeah. was. It was just... A late. nightmare? It was, yeah. It was a shit show. It, it literally was. We all gave it our best. Of course, we had guest complaints for the next, like, week. People were calling in. My takeout was cold. Absolutely. Let me get you a refund. I totally understand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you You can't like it's one of those things that's like it's almost not even being a karen they're just giving like a normal complaint and you're like yeah you're right (laughs) you're right you're right yep i already know totally understand let me you know what let me refund and get you a gift card come back to see us on a different day (laughs) thank you thank you very much yeah 
And my general manager, I know she felt so bad. Yeah. She felt bad for multiple reasons. She had COVID. She couldn't come in to help. Yeah, I'm sure she wanted to. Um, Because, I mean, like, that's her restaurant, so I'm sure she actually wanted to help. She had not listened to me about my warnings of, this is going to be a crazy day. (laughs) I need more people. So much so that the following year, she was like, hey, we're really heavily staffed tonight. And I was like, thank you. following christmas eve i was like great this is gonna be a good night thank awesome, you for some awesome, thanks i mean at that point i would rather send people home if i don't need them yeah it's better to have them and not need them than need them and not have them yeah and so it was i mean she listened which i appreciate but i wish she would have listened in the beginning because i really needed the help that night yeah that sounds like imagine if if your husband didn't come in no oof no then you would have had to also fry bake and be back up mm-hmm I couldn't do it, dude. I've had to deal with a lot to the point where, I mean, the the previous Christmas Eve was pretty much as bad. I was trying to dress food in the window and fry food at the same time. So I'm on the line running around to the other side trying to dress the food and put it together. This This is why I had already known that it was going to be busy. A busy, rough night. Yes. Do not understaff me for Christmas Eve. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with it being to goes and whatnot. Mm hmm. We were, ooh, we were so busy with to-go's. Were you? Tell me about your Christmas Eve. My Christmas Eve was a long time ago. Mine was when I was 18, so okay. I'm, what, 27, so a while ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just a couple years. <laughs> so, <laughs> no biggie. It was actually my first Christmas Eve serving. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So, this was in Texas at the seafood restaurant okay. where I started. I had not been a host for long. Or, no, not been a server for long. I was a host before that. Okay. I'm thinking maybe a server for six months. Yeah. Give or take. And we had just gotten a new GM. And she came in and someone who, like, the service manager, I think he was at the time, he had worked numerous Christmas Eves. So he, I don't know, probably, like, minimum 10 years. Yeah. If not 15 of, like, management. And so he knew Christmas Eves were busy. Yeah. He knew. He knew they were. Good. He, mm. well, all right. <laughs> Keep going. He knew. But he, out of spite, and he openly said it was out of spite, did not schedule more people. And you know his reason? Why? His reason was because she didn't schedule enough people for him whenever there was graduation going on. Nearby, there was one college one state college and then one community college within like 60 miles. Yep. We were the only seafood, like uh, only one of those restaurants within 60 miles. So a lot of people came to us for graduation. Gross. Mm-hmm. That weekend. And because he got screwed over on that weekend and no one listened to him whenever he said he needed more people. Whenever she said, I think we need to schedule more people. He went out of his way to try to convince her that we don't. That's fucked. That's fucked, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's fucked. It's rude. Like, I mean, if you have some sort of secret vendetta against the person that you work with, fine. But don't let it affect those around you. Not just literally, not just that, but like every employee, every guest that came in that night was affected by his decision. That's what I'm saying. Ultimately, I understand it was her decision because she was the new GM, but she was new to being a GM and she was new to that location. Then that's messed up. It is because she was going out on this crazy limb called trusting your employees and trusting your teammates. As you should be able to. That's what I'm saying. Crazy in quotes. Right. Like, oh, so crazy that she was literally trusting the people that were supposed to be part of her support group and part of her team. Mm-hmm. My views then 
10 years ago were very different. I'm sure. Now that I'm an adult. <laughs> right. I'm like, wow. Completely set her up to fail. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not nice. No. Not nice at all. And horrible. So I, I, it was one of those situations where we had so understaffed in the kitchen <laughs> and that was the problem. It wasn't the front of house that was understaffed. It was the kitchen. Okay. Because we all, I mean, I knew it was new at serving, but I still was strong enough to be able to handle an extra table here and there. Right. Given the right rotation or whatever circumstances. Sometimes you can just take extra, even if you're not a super strong server. So I had my tables. Other people who had been doing it for a long time had like five, six. Some of them had seven tables. Which isn't difficult when no food is coming out. Right. (laughs) Like. Right. When nothing's coming out of the kitchen, you can have the whole damn restaurant as your table. Sure. Because you have nothing to serve them. Right. (laughs) All you have to do is get them drinks. So that's basically what was happening. We were seating people and seating people and seating people. And if I remember correctly, I think I actually started as a host this night. And then they pulled me to serve. Okay. Because they just kept seating people and they didn't have enough because we kept having guests come in and in and in. But we had one person in the kitchen. (gasps) One. No. One person in the kitchen. Oh, no. One person in the kitchen. And this was a slower restaurant in general. It's significantly smaller than any other corporate seafood place, whatever, that I've worked in. Um, I shouldn't say significantly, but it it is smaller. It's on the smaller side. Sure. The servers did a lot of, a lot of it. They made their salads. They made their soups. They dressed food in the window. They like, did a lot of it. Yeah. Yes. So, so it wasn't a whole lot of, um, it was a significantly smaller kitchen too. Okay. Right. So the problem was not only that we were understaffed, but... Basically, what would have happened to you had you not had your husband come in? Yep. But we didn't have a husband to come in. It was like your pasta night. We didn't have anything prepped. Pasta night 2.0. Yeah. We had nothing prepped. Nothing prepped. So what would happen was instead of saying, oh, someone ordered these mushrooms, let's get them in the broiler and get them out in 10 minutes, whatever. 15 if it's taking a long time. Sure. Then, oh, we have to actually stop what we're doing, what we're already behind on. This one person has to go make those mushrooms from scratch, get them going, and then go back to what they're doing, what they're already behind on. Because we didn't have any of them prepped. What a nightmare. Nightmare. Mushrooms took 90 minutes, dude. More power to him for not walking out. I don't know how he did it. (laughs) He had been with the company for a very long time. Like. That's so messed up, And strong, like. Like a strong line cook. Strong line cook. Very strong. Strong everything cook. Like prep all of it. Knew all of it. That's why he was scheduled that night. Because he was very strong and could handle a lot. But this was, this was too You're much. You're still one this person. Was too much. Yes, this was too much. To cook for an entire restaurant because we basically got full. And then have everything running out and having nobody to cook anything for you. Or I mean, I'm sorry, prep anything for you. It was rough. So then. <laughs> that's just the preamble to all of this. <laughs> I know. That's, that's your that's your management. You get to freak out from that. Because. Yeah. Yeah. So the GM was new. And it was sinking in that this is her responsibility. This is her problem. I know that feeling. Yeah. So I'm at my table. And I'm. You know, I have one table that's actually just incredibly kind the entire time. You know, those people who are understanding wait way longer than they need to. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to do anything for anybody, it should be them. Mm-hmm. Let's take care of their whole meal. Like, right. they waited forever. They're understanding. They're kind. 
I patient. love people like, like that. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. And like, it's what I said whenever I said it, like you catch way more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. Flies, honey, vinegar. Yep. yep. That, that <laughs> phrase. <laughs> check, check, check. <laughs> yeah. But exactly that. Right. And it was just a stressful night, you know, just getting from the kitchen stress and panic and anger getting from the only manager there, stress, panic, and anger, getting from the tables, impatient, anger, like literally just awful. Yeah. Just from every angle was just everybody upset. And I just was new at serving. I was also young. I just couldn't handle it. Mm -hmm. Right. So I have a larger group. I say larger. It's like six. It's a family coming out for Christmas Eve. They're the ones that their, their mushrooms, their appetizer took 90 minutes. I just want to say, if your appetizer takes 90 minutes, just leave. Yeah. Just leave. Yeah. We're going to cancel your order if we ever got to it in the first place, which chances are if your appetizer took 90 minutes, we haven't gotten to it yet. (laughs) Yeah. And and if you stay, your whole food's going to be comped, but it's probably not going to be a great experience. It's going to be like a five-hour event just Just to eat dinner. Yeah, just leave. Yeah. Just leave. Just go. Cut your losses. It's fine. We'll take care of the the appetizer. Don't care. Nope. It will cost us less just to take care of the appetizer and you leave than taking care of your entire meal. Go get some Chinese food and call it a night. Yep. So their mushrooms, their appetizer were the ones that were taking forever, right? So finally comes out, whatever. And then however long later, their, their whole entree comes out. And as their food comes out and I have it on the tray and I'm about to set it down. My- no. No, I didn't drop it. It's oh. okay. Oh. It's okay. It's okay. I didn't drop it. I didn't drop it. Oh my God. Imagine if I dropped it. No. I thought that's where this was going. I was like, no. Oh my God. I would have just ugly cried in the dining room. Wow. I thought this was a bad story, but that's just perfect proof of everything could be worse. Yeah. Because at least I didn't drop their food. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that would have been horrible. Oh. I would have ugly cried as well. Yeah. I mean, I ugly cried that night. Yeah. But I definitely would have ugly cried directly in front of them. (laughs) And then just would have told them, just leave. Just go. Just go, please. (laughs) Wow. That would have been so horrible. Oh. I put a dirty tray on top of a clean, like full of food one time. (laughs) (laughs) I love you. I still remember the look on the server's face. what I would have done. It was a whole series of emotions just processing what happened of like confusion, shock, horror, and then dread. (laughs) Just all within like five seconds. It's so funny because, you know, we had to take it all back there and get it recooked. Of course. It was a pain in the ass. Of course. pain in the ass. I mean. I was so mortified. Shit happens, but. I was, I was 17. I was a busser. Yep. I wasn't even a server yet. And I just was like, oh God, I want to die. That's so embarrassing. Uh Uh-huh. I've cleared tables before that were not supposed to be oh, cleared. Oh, has happened so many times at 8th Street. Yeah. So many times to the point where we would write notes. a stupid notes. thing. I was like, oh, they left their jacket in their bag here. Not even thinking that they're in the bathroom. I had. I was brand new. Like, you brand silly. new. <laughs> silly goose. They were but like, you were the reason, or people who yeah. absentmindedly are like, oh, there's a jacket here and a purse. Crazy. And a phone and sunglasses. Crazy. Pretty much. Yeah. Like, you're the reason that I would write on a little Bev nap. Please do not bus. BRB. Yeah. 
I would write it on there for them. And I'd be like, don't do it. Don't do it. And I'd like tell every buzzer, don't bust that table. Right. Yeah. That's good for you. Because. Well, it's because I learned the hard way. And right. And people be upset with me because of it. Right. Even the- though I wasn't the one who did it. It's not my fault. So tell me, you set the tray mm. down. Right. I set the tray down. And my other table, the one that was so sweet, so nice and patient the entire time, walks by. And as they're walking by, they say something to me. And I'm not entirely sure what they say. It sounds something along the lines of like something, something about a phone. Okay. So I asked for clarification. I'm like, what about a phone? You know, like looking at them. The whole time I still have the tray on my hand and I'm about to set, set it down. But I, I hear them and I'm saying, I'm like, I'm sorry. And I'm in the process of lowering the tray and the table snaps at me. Can we just have our food already? And I just lost it. <laughs> oh, <Uh-oh. laughs> I didn't lose it at them. Okay. I still cared. Right. Now, not that I don't care because I do care. I know. I think that just now, 10 years later, my reaction would be very different than it was then. Sure. Because then I was very sensitive <laughs> and I am now too, but I have thicker skin when it comes to serving. I was still really new at serving. Right. And I was young just in general. So I set it down. I look at whoever the closest person is. And I look at him, I make eye contact and broken voice as I'm trying not to cry in front of these people. Say, can you just pass out this food for me and just dip? I don't wait for an answer. I don't do anything. And I just dip and I go to a little server station that has like, you know, a Coke machine and Mm -hmm. glasses and all that nice. And I'm bawling. Like ugly crying. (laughs) Like just ugly crying. Like it was just the straw that broke the camel's back, right? Like just, just... It was a bad night. Everybody's food took for fucking ever. All the servers were bitching. The kitchen was bitching. The manager didn't know what she was doing. Like, it was just a fucking shit show. Just, yeah. a, just a mess. And then I go in there and I'm just bawling. And that sweet woman, the one who was asking me about the phone or whatever, she pokes her head in. And she's, because it doesn't have a door. It's right. just like a little, little area. And she pokes her head in and she's like, don't worry about them. It's Christmas Eve. They're mean. It's a night to be, to be happy and to be, you know, like, she didn't say jolly, but you know, like, but she's Mary, like, like, yeah, she's like, it's Christmas Eve. Basically, fuck them. It's not their fault. Right. Be happy. Right. You didn't do anything wrong. Right. And I was like, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I like wipe my tears. Yeah. Deal with it. Mm-hmm. Take a couple deep breaths. At that point, another server who is 27. So. Okay. The age I am now. Yeah. Right. And she comes back and she tells me how she handled her table, which yeah. is exactly how I would handle it now, which is kind of funny. She handled it in that someone was complaining about something taking a long time or something came out cold. And she looked at them and she says, what does it matter? You're getting everything for free anyways. And just turned around and walked off. And I was like, that's honestly probably how I would handle it now. Yeah. Maybe a little bit nicer. Yeah. But literally your entire meal is going to be taken care of. Who cares? I'm not going to get your sides remade because it took an hour to get your main entree. Like you're not going to, you're not going to get them. So yeah. Box them up and microwave them. I don't know what to tell you. It's not going to happen. Yeah. So she came in, made me feel a little bit better because, you know, she's Mm -hmm. basically telling these people like, I don't know what to tell you. Do you want to go cook? Because we have one person back there. Right. At this point, you're more than welcome to. (laughs) It can't hurt. No. So... Somewhere in this, I had gone back to the kitchen and I had tried to be like, hey, manager, help. (laughs) Yep. Help, please. And she was just in the office crying. And at the time I was pissed because I was like, um, this is your job. Yep. Come and help. Yep. Okay. But like now, 
Mm -hmm. I'd probably do the exact same. (laughs) So, (laughs) I mean, I get it. I get it. Listen, there have been many times as a manager where I went into the walk-in and cried. Won't even deny it. She did hop on the line, though. Okay. She did. She did. She cried. She had her cry. Yeah. She had her freak out. And then she was like, now's the time. Yep. Let's do it. Christmas Eve 2018, I was on the line trying to run both of those stations, fry and run back to the front and dress Mm -hmm. food. Mm -hmm. And at one point, I'm on the line and I'm looking at everybody and I'm looking at the person running my backup. I'm looking at the people cooking on the line and I'm like, this is not the time to cry. Yeah. That's, that's my thing is that it was like, look, you, you, yeah. you don't have time. You signed up to be a GM. You don't have time to cry I'm right now. Cry later. I'm entirely overwhelmed by everything. everything. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, but these people are pushing through. And as a manager, it's really hard to understand sometimes that you are literally the person who sets the tone for the rest of the restaurant. For everything. We all threw our hands up. Like, who fucking cares? She's crying. That's she what I'm saying. Up. So. Why, why should I care? If I'm running, and I've always told people you know, they're like, oh, it was a crazy night, but thank you for, like, <clears throat> pushing through. Thank you for being here. Thank you, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, keeping your shit together. <laughs> Pretty much. But <laughs> hiding it. <laughs> and I've always told them, if if I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off, then so shall you be. Yeah. You know, like, I set the tone. You look to the person that is in charge, that's in charge of you, for guidance. And if I'm running around, like, I don't know what the hell is going on, then... Cause for concern. Right. <laughs> Like, if I don't have control of situations, then then nobody does. Yeah. 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 And that was basically it. You know? I mean, like I said, she did eventually hop on the line. As a new manager, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I had that really awful pasta night where I did go in the office and cry. Yeah. That night. It just sucks for her because there was a little window so everybody could see her crying. There was no privacy. She should have gone to the walk-in. You know, like, I can't imagine... I feel bad for her. I can't imagine what she was going through at that point, but... I feel bad for her now. As... as so, so... Okay. I do, so, I do when I don't, I, and that's where I'm struggling. I do. And... And... Okay. <laughs> I love it. It's a debate. It is. Yay! <laughs> so excited. <laughs> okay. So, my view on it is two of them. So, when I was younger, like I said, when I was younger, I had a different view of her and the whole dynamic of the restaurant. I thought that she was inexperienced, lazy, didn't know what she was doing. I thought that she got promoted because someone else got demoted and they just needed to fill the space. Right. And then as an adult, I was an adult then too, but you know. I mean, but you were more you were a child. Right. Three right. more experience. And years later, I look at it now as though she was set up for failure. Her other manager team did not support her. And right. not only, not only like behind her back, but actively would talk shit about her. Right. And not just shit about her as a person, but her job, her work ethic, and actively just talk bad about her and put her down. Right. Okay. No one supported her. Servers would often go behind her back and do the complete opposite of what she was saying. So a lot of it was, I can't clean house completely. I have to slowly weed the people out. So that was kind of what she was doing, like looking at it now. And then on top of that, she was kind of forced into the position, but I don't think she really wanted it. I think it was more of, she was kind of forced into it and she didn't have any tools to do it. And she didn't have a team who would support her. Right. It wasn't like she ha- she didn't know what she was doing and she could lean on her teammates to help teach her mm-hmm. and support her. It was one of them was vindictive because he didn't get that job. So he was actively sabotaging. 
can't see it, but I'm rolling my eyes so hard right now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And that's why I'm like, okay, I, I feel I feel sympathy for her. Yes, I think that sure. it was not handled well. Right. In other situations that happened with her managing did were not handled well. No. But I imagine, I don't know if she's still the GM of that place. I have no idea. It's been years. I don't know if she's moved on. I don't know if it wasn't her, her forte. I don't know if she ever got better. I don't know. But just in my experience that I had with her, looking back on it, it just sucks because she was just so set up for failure and was giving no tools to yeah. learn. No tools to learn. I mean, I get it. I do. But I get it to <laughs> I get it to a certain point. I guess I guess it's what you do after that situation that matters most. That's why I said she cried and then she hopped on the line. Okay. And then she got more respect from the kitchen. Right. Not from servers. No. Because servers were still pissed at her. Of course. Um, they still blamed her and talked shit about her and like crazy, but But that's and that's where that's what I'm saying. But the kitchen did gain respect for her because she 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 had her cry. Right. She had her freak out. Yep. She had that moment of, this sucks, I'm freaking out, but this is my responsibility. Yeah. So she hopped on the line and she did what she could. It wasn't enough because they needed another person minimum, if not two or three. Right. And I think that that's where I'm struggling. I mean, as as a new manager, I could understand having nights like I did, having nights like she did. Mm-hmm. But as a general manager... You should already have... I already the, know that. You should... That's, that's what I'm saying. You should... If she was just a manager, okay. But she's a general manager. Right. You should have that experience, whether it be from that restaurant right. or another restaurant, in order to know how to better prepare yourself for nights like that. And to know, just in general, that you're gonna have nights like that. You're right. And how to handle that situation better. Which, I mean... No, because... Valid. I'm just... Because my thing is... You're changing my mind. God damn it. I'm not saying that we can't have empathy no, for her. I, I understand. But I mean, I think your point is really valid because whenever you, you had your rough night, you were a new manager. Yes. New manager. Yeah. And you had a, a, a supervisor. Like first right. or second month. Right. And then you learned whatever, moving on. And then not whatever, moving on, not making light of it. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where life happened. <laughs> but like, yeah, life happened and yeah. you learned from it. And then you keep going, you have your rough nights, whatever, and then you learn from it. Still not in a GM position, but another, like, experienced manager. You learn from it, and you said, hey, I've had a shitty experience. I know what's going to happen if I don't have help prepping stuff. So you had Ryan come in and help prep. And also, by that time, you had already known how to help on the line. Yes. And you knew how to help even at the beginning, the first night where you had the bad pasta situation. When you were, like, you weren't as confident on the line. You didn't really know 100%. Nope. But you figured it out. Yeah. You took direction well. Yeah. She just cried and then kind of didn't really know what to do and then hopped on the line. But if you're a GM, you should already know how to work in the kitchen. That's what I'm saying. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just working in the kitchen. It's working multiple positions all at the same time. Yes. And we learned, I think you said in the beginning, she worked for the seafood company that we worked for. I thought she had. Yes. Okay. So when I became a manager... And this was something that they did right after, they stopped doing right after I became a manager, so they don't do it anymore. But they used to send us to the home base Mm -hmm. for the restaurant, the whole company. Mm -hmm. And they would do a week-long training course. Okay. So they taught you in this course how to prioritize, how to delegate certain things. Okay. So many days, I'd have the phone ringing. Mm -hmm. Somebody needed a manager on line one. Mm -hmm. I would have a guest up front that needed a manager. 
I would have a table that needed to see a manager and I would have servers calling my name all at the same time. Right. And on top of that, you have a radio on in your ear mm-hmm. that you're also... Reminding you that there's someone up front and someone on the phone. Correct. While you're talking to someone at the table. Correct. Yeah. So they literally taught us how to prioritize. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's, the situation's happening, mm-hmm. okay? You go and you uh, you tell whoever has picked up the phone, they need to take a message, you will call that person back. Right. Makes sense. You tell the servers, hopefully they know either what it is that you need them to do you know, you're not supposed to give your card that you have to swipe for certain things away. Yeah. Swipe for like, um, for like a coupon or, or what do you call that? Like, uh, it's like, it's ma- like a manager password, basically. Basically. Like yeah. approval. So if there you need to, manager vo- approval. there you go. If you need yeah. to void something. Right. That card is not supposed to leave your presence. But if you have a trusted employee, hopefully they know like what it is that they need. Person. Right. Yes. And if they don't, you find somebody who does. So, you know, you tell them to take a message, you hand out your card. You uh, go up front to address the, the person up front because the person who's at the table is going to be at that table and will remain there. Right. That makes sense. And you go and deal mm-hmm. with the person up front and then you go and deal with the guests at the table. Mm-hmm. So you prioritize certain things and that's what they teach you in that training. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I've got a million different things going on all at once and I've, and I've told many servers too, you know, I had one server, I think I might've told the story earlier. But she told me that she had, like, an appetizer that was taking too long on the line. Mm -hmm. And I said, I understand that. If I go to the line right now, you guys don't have me out front anymore, though. She said, I know. So I said, okay. So I went to the line and I made her appetizers and I spent maybe 15 minutes on the line and then pulled myself off of it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's helping and it's learning when to prioritize and how to delegate. Right. So I'm going on a really long tangent here. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry for our listeners. But I think being a manager is just a certain kind of skill set. It is. And I think that she, it, it felt like, it felt like to me looking at it in, this, in that moment and also looking back, it felt like she had had no supervising nor management experience and then just boom, GM. That is unfortunate. I hope she's okay. That poor Me manager. Fuck. <laughs> she comped so much food that night. I'm sure. Oh, golly. It was so much. She had a little sit down with us at the end. Mm. She was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> she basically did the own up of like, I know this is my fault. Well, good. Yeah, she did the, like, she didn't say it word for word, but basically like, it's my name on the building. I'm sorry. This you know, falls on me. We all fuck up from yeah. time to time. Yeah. It should happen, yeah. dude. You know, I'm yeah. not saying that she's a bad manager. She's a <laughs> no. terrible person. No. By no means. Please no. don't take that from this. She was funny. She came in one time. She's, she was a uh, taller, super, super pale, blonde, blue eyes. She came in into the line or like into the kitchen when she was being shown everything. And she had a bit of a badonkadonk. Yeah. Yeah. And so she's like walking through, you know. Someone in the kitchen starts talking in Spanish about how she's got a nice ass. And, like, they all start talking about her ass. And then she turns around in Spanish <laughs> and talks to them, like, about it. Like, thank you so much. I'm, I'm glad you appreciate it. Yeah. And then walked off. And then their faces were just like, <gasps> uh, oops. <sighs> <laughs> so she was funny. She's She was definitely hilarious. Loved it. But. I love that. Yeah. Oh, good. What a satisfying moment, too. You know? Mm-hmm. I've had those moments. Oh, that's such a great moment. <laughs> I, I can't, 
My thing is, is I can't turn around and be like, I know what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And, and also here's a snide remark back. You know how to just. But, but I know what they're saying because I can understand Spanish relatively well. The easiest way is to turn around because I, a lot of times in the beginning, I wouldn't know how to like retort mm-hmm. to what they were saying, but I could understand. Mm-hmm. You just turn around and say, como se llama? What's your name? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're like, oh, oh, you speak Spanish? Mm-hmm. And then you just walk away. <laughs> just walk off. <laughs> Uh, when I was in sixth grade, I started like an extracurricular, you know, and you chose two, right? I okay. did art always. I tried to always do art, 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 art. Yeah, I was like, it sounded like, yeah, I was like, I sound like a seal. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so I did art and then I did one other, I did choir. And then everybody in my family was like, Lynn, you can't sing. Why are you doing that? And I was like, mm, you're right. I'm going to switch. So I switched to French. Okay. Right. Yep. And then French was supposed to be the first week. You were supposed to know one to one hundred. Yep. And you were also supposed to be able to write it. Yep. And say it. And I was like, mm, I know undu trois quatre. And I was like, I'm out. <laughs> I'm not gonna fail my first test. And not just fail, but like miserably fail. Yep. So the day of the test, I switched to a different extracurricular. I switched to Spanish. I get to the front of the class, and she asked me that. Como se llama? Uh huh. And uh-huh. I just stare at her. I'm like, what the fuck are you saying to me? <laughs> I was like, I don't know what you're saying to me. I was like, I wasn't anticipating coming into beginner Spanish, and then immediately the teacher just talks to me in Spanish. I was like, I don't understand any of this. Nope. No, my friend was in the audience. In the audience, was in the class, <sighs> and looked at me, and she mouthed it, and I was like, Oh, Lynn. I was like, Is that right, Lynn? Lynn. She's that- like, She's like, Oh, Linda. And I was like. No. no. <laughs> Just Lynn. Lynn. So she called me Linda. We also had to answer, right? Obviously, in Spanish. Right. Obviously. Right. But we also had to stand up and we had to sign language with it too. Interesting. That was a lot. Hmm. I still remember Oficina, sign language. Huh. What? And I guess Spanish. And s- <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if that's right, but I have no idea. But yeah, so that, and then Mantaquilla is butter, right? Mm -hmm. But there was, I don't remember what locker is, but I remember it in in sign language. Huh. Okay. You can't see what I'm doing. No. (laughs) She's moving her hands around. She's flapping her arms like a seal. But but just random stuff like that, you know? But oh man, did that make my social anxiety so bad. I mean, to stand up in front of the class, that was worse. Like, that that was the worst part. And then on top of that, having to speak in Spanish, which I was horrible. I always got paired with the other person who was horrible. And it sucked. Nope. I got, so, I didn't know Spanish in high school. But my partner, and then her twin sister, mm-hmm. they both wanted to learn Spanish. And so they were really, really good at it. I was really good at speaking it. But I had no idea what I was saying. (laughs) Because I had grown up with it and seen it all my life and heard it. So Mm -hmm. I know, I knew phonetically. Yeah. I knew, yeah, I knew phonetically what it was supposed to sound like, but I did not know what the actual words meant. So (laughs) she would translate everything into Spanish and then I would stand up in the front of the classroom and say it with my, for her. Yeah, with my Spanish accent. Mm -hmm. And everybody was like, wow. And I was like, like, yeah. I have no idea what the fuck I just said. I just said something about white rice. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't tell you. 
Yeah, mine was rough. Mine was, I, I kind of under, I, I knew, like, I knew the words. Like, if I heard, that was always my thing. I could hear it yep. and know what people were saying for the most part, but I just could not speak it. I've always had the hardest time with that aspect of it. I get, I get mad anxiety. So do I. Mad anxiety. I do too. And I know it's not great Spanish that I speak. I actually spoke some Spanish to the people that we work with. Mm-hmm. I learned their names, Jaime and Jimena. But they were downstairs and we were getting family meal all together. And so family meal is what they mm-hmm. what they give us. Right. For, you know, they just put meat. We like, don't get... A, so whenever you work in a restaurant, a lot of times you get a discount, like 50 right. or 25% on food that that restaurant offers. Right. This restaurant that we work at does not do that because they offer what's called family meal, which is basically like a banquet style big meal for right. employees. Right. So right. I was downstairs. I was getting some family meal. It was Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And one of the other employees had brought donuts and put them all there. And so they were looking at the donuts and the guy goes, can I have one? And I said, yes, it's for everyone. But I told him in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And he goes, oh, you speak Spanish? And I said, yes, but it is very bad. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I need to. I need to learn how to say yes, but it is very bad. Because I know how to say yes, very, very, very little. <laughs> and that's what I normally say. Right. It's just muy mal. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Because I'm like, it's just bad. Yep. (laughs) And so, and then the girl laughed. (laughs) And I told them that I needed to practice. And I told them a little bit that my mom had spoke Spanish and Mm -hmm. that, you know, I, growing up, like, I didn't really learn it. I gave them like a little spiel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so then I asked their name, but I couldn't think of como se llama. I was like, Uh, what's your name? (laughs) (laughs) Panic. Yeah. Yeah. And so they told me and I told them mine. But that's how, like, it always makes me entirely anxious to tell people that I speak Spanish because Same. usually when I do, they go real they fast. Go fast. And I'm like, what? What did you say? I just like to pretend I don't know. Yep. That's fun. God, I used to hate it at work when people were like, hey, my table only speaks Spanish. Could you please go talk to them? And I'm like, no. I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> I know. My Spanish is really bad. It just sounds like I know how to speak it. But my, like... My, my pronouns and everything, they're all oh, over the place. Oh, my pronouns are always all over the place. So whenever – I've gotten really good at taking orders whenever they're speaking in Spanish. Mm-hmm. So that always would surprise people. I mean, I'm blonde. Not to stereotype, but I'm blonde, blue-eyed, and white. But here's the thing. People from Spain are blonde hair, blue-eyed, and white. Yes, but stereotypically in America, right. in Colorado – It's not considered like you know how to speak Spanish. Right. Just, right. I mean, I'm not saying like, oh, no, no one ever can. But right. I'm saying when people who are fluent in a different language look at me and I can understand what they're saying when they're ordering their meal and I'm writing it down and someone who's trying to translate for everybody looks across the table and says, do you want mushrooms, onions on your steak? And do you also want to do a load of baked potato? And they say yes. And I write it all down and it's in a different language. And they look at me and I was like, or they can't think of the word Mm -hmm. like for onions. And I'm like, Savoyas. And they're like, what? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, I didn't say that. (laughs) I'm like, it slipped out. I'm so sorry. No, I can't. I'm sorry. I don't know. Nope, I get it. Yeah. I just pretend I don't know. And then it slips out every once in a while. <laughs> it's fine. I think I'm just going to leave this podcast as a really long tangent at the end of it. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Might as well. <laughs> Might as well. Thanks for listening to us ramble for probably this... the last 20, 30 minutes. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Crying in the Walk-In. Crying? <laughs> <laughs>
cry, crying in the walking. There's that southern again. Oh, girl. Oh, my. Oh, my. Thank you for listening to Crying in the Walk-In, where we also do a little bit of Spanish lessons. Mm-hmm. Espanol. Si. Si. Yo habla. Mm. Send, us a, send us your stories in Spanish, and we'll translate them. Or I'll just read them in Spanish and pretend like I know what it is I'm saying. No. <laughs> that sounds like so much fun. <laughs> Ooh, I know. We'll put it through Google Translate. Oh, yikes. And just see what pops out the other side. Yikes. <laughs> could be fun no i feel like between the two of us and lulu <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> it'll be fine i love lulu uh you know stay tuned after the episode to hear my husband with his lovely voice tell you where to find us he's so helpful not right. just on skewering scallops but also mm-hmm. skewering scallops five times fast no okay <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening yeah bye bye Find us on Instagram at Crying In Walk In, on Facebook at Crying In The Walk In, or email us at listeners at cryinginthewalkin.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and remember to support your local service professionals. This has been Crying In The Walk In, produced and edited by Kat Clayton and Lynn Weir, consulting producer Ryan Clayton. <laughs>